everyone. This is Bethany. You didn't do your Are You Ready? Oh, are you ready? Ooh. <laughs> also, this is Dalton. <laughs> oh my goodness. A little behind the scenes because I always... And this is looking for the middle. See, Come you on, go. you didn't even do I it. I know. I'm trying to get you more in- involved here. Um, more involved? I don't shut up. <laughs> I, I always ask Dalton if he's ready. And I can't even remember now what that's from. Is it Kim Possible? Uh, Zoe that... 101. Not mm. even close. Um... One of those shows that was well, after my time. Was say, I wasn't going to say it, but I was going to say it. We all know I'm the elder statesman of the group here. Indeed. Welcome, guys. Thank you for being here. We have another jam-packed episode for you guys. This one is going to be a doozy, I think, because we might hit on some hot button, not hot button, what's the word I'm looking for? Touchy areas for some people, Maybe. We're it shouldn't about, be touchy. It shouldn't. But it is. It is. And I think, yeah, there's a lot of differing perspectives. And so we may be a little, you know us, we get a little feisty. So I get a little preachy. No, we mean it in love. Um, but we are going to be talking about missionary dating today and why it's a really, really bad Ooh. idea. And also maybe some, I think we all just go to believer dating a non-believer mm-hmm. when you think about that. But I think there's some more nuance to it and maybe even some layers that maybe you haven't thought about before. But before we get into all of that... Housekeeping at the top. If you don't follow us on social media, Do you it. should because it's fun and we're actually, now that the season's back, we're posting more, talking more, chatting with you guys there. Uh, it is LFTM underscore podcast on Instagram. That's the best place to connect with us. So follow us there if you don't already. Also, we have a newsletter that goes out every week. Yeah, it we do. goes out after the episode. So if you would like to be a part of that, you can go to our website, lookingforthemiddle.com <laughs> and sign up for that. Why are you laughing? Because uh, every time you mention the website, I remember that I haven't done anything on there. No. At this no. point, it's just the running gag it's, of the show. That's what I feel like at this point, no one gets to know anything about you. I created. It was before last season, like after we had made the shift, uh-huh. Kristen left, Dalton was coming on, and we redid the logo, we redid the website, everything. And when I, you say we, I, I'm trying to give you credit. It's here. more of a ye. <laughs> it is. I did all of it, but. I got all of that done and I was like, okay, Dalton, I just need a quick bio for the website on going? our about me page. And I just put coming soon on the page so that I could launch it and get it out there. Well, here we are a year later and I have nothing for our website. You're welcome, people. <laughs> that should tell you if everything you is, need to know about how things go around here. Uh, if this is not a clue into my life, I don't know what is. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Okay, so I have the question of the day today. Um, are you ready for it? I don't know. You're making your weird smirk where I think, it'll, it's, I think it's a fun one. I know what my answer is, and so... I don't even remember what my last question of the day was. That's so okay. I don't either. I'm so scatterbrained. I don't, remember, oh, I don't remember what it was. All it was right, when well, you were like, oh, it's more serious. But now I can't remember. Hit me okay. with your best What shot. is your most irrational fear? Most irrational fear? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, it's nuanced because I'm terrified of snakes. Okay. Like, That's very rational, no, though. No, no, no. Hold on. It gets irrational. <laughs> I am absolutely horrified of snakes. If I see one... Okay. If you're a snake lover, you might just want to turn down the volume for the next few seconds. <laughs> if I see a snake, it's dead yes. or I'm running. One of two options. If I'm out hunting, uh-huh. it's dead. Uh-huh. If I am at home and it's a small snake, it's dead. If I'm at home and it's not a small snake, you're dead. <laughs> I'm screaming and running. <clears throat> like the other day, so I was watching a TV show. I didn't even remember what it was. Yeah. But they were out in the woods, which I should know. Actually, no, it's this crocodile show that's on Netflix. I get into the weirdest stuff. You do. Um, this guy, he helps relocate crocodiles. Yeah. It's very interesting. 
I should known. He's in Australia. Like, all of the deadliest snakes are there. There's going to be snakes on this show. I was watching the show, and it just randomly pans to a snake, which I hate when they do that, because they're no always warning. trying to give me to jump. There's no warning whatsoever. And I literally jumped up on the couch, screamed in a very high-pitched voice. <laughs> but here's where the irrational fear, that this is yeah. where it applies, because snakes, normal. Right. My brain is so terrified of snakes that when I see them on TV... I'm afraid that they're going to be underneath the couch and come out and bite me. <laughs> no. So I slip my feet up onto the couch and sit curled up in a ball. I am not no, you joking. Do not. I seriously do. Because for some reason in my brain, I'm like, there could be a snake. That snake here. is under my couch. It's going to get me. This Australian king cobra or whatever is underneath the couch. I'm like, there's not even cobras here, you idiot. Yep. But for some there's reason, irrational piece. that's what I think. So I just the, oh. the feet are up on the couch and I sit there until I can calm myself down. That's hilarious. Question. Do you continue watching the show despite all of this? It depends on what it is. Okay. So if it was not a deal breaker. If it's an entire episode about snakes, no. Okay. If it's just a quick little. But if it was a little quick blurb, I'm just going to let my heart rate come back down (laughs) and then my feet will eventually come back down to the floor and we'll be okay. Okay. Or that's when I go into just laying on the couch and refuse to put my feet down at all. Got it. That, yes. You went from very normal to quite irrational. Real Um, quick. Real quick there. Okay. So mine is i think slightly more embarrassing um i don't think you know this about me i have a very irrational fear um fear might be a strong word a very irrational anxiousness about parking garages what (laughs) and not the normal oh i'm gonna get beat up and mugged in a parking garage thing i it only it's only happens when i'm driving but like if i go in a parking garage and you start into it i have this very irrational fear that I'm going to get stuck going around and not be able to find my way out. Like, it yeah, just goes around. Yeah, that's irrational. I know it is. So, like, if someone else is driving, it doesn't bother me. If I have to drive into a parking garage, um, I will go so far out of my way to park with the exit in view because then I know I just have to back up and leave. But if, I, like, yeah, I can't handle it. I, I mean, I will drive in them. It's okay, but I get really anxious. I don't like it. Right. Yeah, okay. I need everyone after uh, this podcast comes out to please, Facebook page, whatever you want to do, let me know which one you think is more irrational. Uh, either the, the sheer terror of a snake coming out from underneath the couch or uh, getting lost in a parking garage, which... I think I'm going to take the cake on this one. I don't know. They're both kind of stupid. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, yours makes absolutely no sense. Mine's more, mine's more unique. Mine, like mine just flows directly out of sheer terror. Yours yeah. is just uh, by definition irrational. So yeah, I think I, I think it, you might win this one. But it very much let is. us know either on Instagram, Facebook, okay. whatever. We'll when do a when poll. this comes out, we'll do a poll because I'm curious to see which uh, which makes one makes less wins. sense. Yeah, yeah. Though it's, there's probably gonna be some women out there going. Um, that is not a very strong man. <laughs> hey, Sorry. It is what it is. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I don't know that there is a good, uh, there is no a good, good segue. transition here. I'm so. trying to sit here and think how we could transition out of that. I, I don't think there is. So we will just hard stop and if pivot. You, if, <laughs> if you're a snake lover out there and you're, you're sitting here and thinking, I can change him. And I, I, we can start dating and I can make him love snakes. That's not going to happen. Not. That's what I would define as missionary dating. <laughs> okay, maybe not exactly. That didn't quite 
quite work, but, but hey, we are, we we're are, closer now. <laughs> we're, we're talking about missionary dating today. Yeah. I think... So let's define it first. <laughs> well, so I, I don't know if it's gained a lot momentum in the last 10 20 years yeah i'd have to do a study on that one uh but it, it's actually a pretty prominent term at this point amongst uh, really evangelicals christians in general um missionary dating as i would define it in its broadest sense of the term is the idea that you can date someone we'll start with that's not a believer yeah and change them, bring them to salvation through dating. Mm-hmm. So the the funny tagline that we always used in college is flirt to convert. <laughs> that you um, are interested in a guy or a girl. That you're like, okay, he's good looking, she's good looking. They have a lot of attributes that I like. Oh, but they're... They, they, they only go to church a couple times a year. They're really yeah. not a Christian. But I, I see some things there. And I, I see that they, they might be open to it and interested to it. And they showed some interest in me. And so I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. That would be kind of loosely how yeah. I define it. We're going to get into the semantics and the nuances of that later. But am I kind of, we track yeah. in the same place. Yeah, I think so. Um, so missionary dating idea of flirting to convert. That's probably going to be the use, the phrase that I use consistently. <laughs> a, because I think it's funny, but I think it really it simply it captures yeah. it. Um, so I see this, if I'm being honest, and you might be able to confirm this or push back yeah. on this, more on the girl's side of things. I would agree. Yep. Where we'll set the stage. So yeah. we've got uh, this person, we'll use a name that nobody else uh, has, Bethany. Uh, <laughs> this person named Bethany that uh, has met a guy, mm-hmm. 10 out of 10 on her scale of attractive. Yep. He's got, he's Idris Elba, is that Yeah, that's my dude. <laughs> uh, Idris Elba looks with the same accent, big, brawny, tough guy. You're, you're sitting there going, I like oh. everything about him. <laughs> so you start talking, getting to mm-hmm. know him, just somehow mutual friend or whatever. Like, I really like this guy. He's, he's big old cutie. He's just everything that I could everything want I've and ever more. Wanted. And then you start talking to him about, well, I go to this church and this is, what church do you go to? Oh, I don't. I don't really go to church that often. When yeah. I do go, it's here. Yeah, I just I don't go to church. The church is not my scene. Yeah. For some reason, and I and I think <laughs> it's gonna sound awful. It's okay. As you continue to age and progress in your singleness, it happens more regularly. I think. I yes yes, I, yes I'm yes I have thoughts. When where you, you finish. where you yeah. go well. He, he doesn't go to church. He's probably not a believer, but I think he's open to going to church mm-hmm. with me. He said he would go to church with me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is where it starts. It is. Like, I, you, you convince yourself and rationalize in your mind. Yeah. I can change him. Yeah. Which, hold on, pause. Shameless plug. We did on Patreon for February. We just did an episode on um, red flags that are commonly overlooked. Oh, yes. Which kind of plays into this. So mm. if you want like more specifics, we talk about that in that. So if you go to Patreon, look us up, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, continue. I just, it fit right there. <laughs> it did fit. Good job. Thank you. you. Shamelessly, <laughs> shamefully plugging uh, our stuff. Yeah. Anyway, so we i say we we use we way too much we do um <laughs> this person named bethany mm-hmm. uh hypothetical of course i'm starting no to feel a little attacked like here uh starts to grow an attachment yeah 
Like, I'm going to flesh this all the way out yep. and show some of the problems. Yeah. And then we can kind of parse it more. Uh, starts growing attachment. He starts going to church with her. Mm-hmm. So they're going to church. He's thinking, man, I'm really, I'm really changing him. He's coming to church. He started talking to my small group people. I think this could be the one. And then he pops the question. You say yes, you get married. As soon as you get married and you get out of the honeymoon phase, he Guess stops going to church. Guess who's not going to church anymore? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you can... So then you're left. Backtrack from there. No spiritual leader in the home. You're starting to be drugged down in your walk with the Lord. Right? So, okay, that's and kind of what happened. Yes. So our anyway. long hypothetical situation, this is how it ends. Uh-huh. Ends poorly. Now let's get into... Since we have the stage set about this hypothetical rewind, person rewind, rewind. named Bethany, <laughs> um, what are the problems yeah. that we see here? Why why are we spending and devoting an entire episode to pushing back against this? Yeah. I have some places that I want to go, especially in the scripture, but I know you had some thoughts. I do have, yes. circle to those I, Yeah, because my, my thoughts, you started with talking about, I think this is more prevalent with women. And mm-hmm. I agree with you. And I kind of wanted to flesh out a little bit why I think that is. Go ahead. Um, I think one reason is especially the older you get, there are way more single women in church than there are men. So fair. So you're kind of left with this, with this thing of, okay, there aren't any single guys in my church who are interested. So I'm on a dating app and here's this guy who seems really great who says, Oh, I'll come to church with you mm-hmm. again. The older you get, the more you're tempted. Like, I think we all start out starry-eyed coming out of, you know, college probably that you're going to find this perfect guy and get married and you have this long list of things you want. Mm -hmm. And the older you get, one, you realize that's not realistic, but two, you also start to say, okay, these things aren't as important to me anymore. The things that were so big when I was younger, it's not a big deal. Like you narrow it down to what is really important and the longer you go, I think it can be tempting to say, okay... Well, yeah, I used to want someone who's really strong in his faith and a strong leader in the home and all these things. It's like, well, as long as he's a Christian, like he can become those. You just kind of start backtracking and then you end up at a place when you start making those compromises of, well, he's not really saved, but he could be soon. And if he he wants to come to my church and who am I to like deny mm-hmm. this guy? I mean, this could be what saves him and how, like, who am I going to be to thwart that? It's not how that works. So I do think it is more common. Um with women. And one thing I would just say as an encouragement to the ladies, I think this is why, especially in an online dating context, which is so much more prevalent these days, why I always say it's not enough for someone to just have the box checked on their profile that says Christian, as opposed to Mm -hmm. atheist or Buddhist or spiritual, but not religious. It says Christian. So I'm going to start talking to this guy. Yeah. I don't think that's enough. I've said forever, there's got to be something in their profile that shows that they're really I say interacting with their faith on a day-to-day basis. It's something that is a huge part of their life and their way of life, not just a box they checked. Mm-hmm. Because you get into situations where you start talking to someone and you're like, oh, he's so great. We get along and da 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 And then you're like, oh, but now let's talk about our faith. And you're like, wow, that's non-existent. Well, you've kind of set yourself up to be tempted away from what you know to be right because you've gone down this path already. And and what happens there is you, you get your priorities all out of whack. Yeah. And you start to look at yourself and the world around you wrong. Yeah. So in terms of priorities, what is primary in your life? Or as a Christian, what should be primary yeah. in your life? It's your walk with the Lord. Yeah. So if, if this is the upper echelon, upper tier of this is the number one, 
most important thing in my life is my faith. Why would you want to join yourself with someone who says, I don't even care about that? Yeah. Yeah. Just in terms of logic, it makes no sense. Right. And I'll give you some passages to support that in just a moment. Uh, so we, we fall into that trap of an issue of priorities. We fall into this idea that we have more power than we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're talking on the lady side of things. You think you can change him. And in some ways, you might change him for a little while. He starts sure. showing up to church. I'm going to clue you in <laughs> on a, a man's side of things for a moment. Men will change relatively easily. I know that that actually sounds contra <laughs> what you think. They will change relatively easily for a moment. Yeah. So if they have a goal in mind, and this is what I want, this is what I want to accomplish, or this is what I want to have, mm-hmm. I'll do what is required of me to make sure I get to that point. Get that thing, yeah. So mm-hmm. they'll change for a moment for you. Until they achieve their goal. Yeah. And then they revert back to or they start to become lax on the changes that they made. So there's yeah. no real permanent change that's being made there. So if they want, uh-huh. if they see some cutie and they say, I'd date her. <laughs> and this cutie says, well, if you'll go to church with me, I'll go, I'll go out with you. Okay, okay, I'll go to church. Yeah. One hour out of my week, no yep. problem. Unless you go to a good Reformed Baptist church, then it's like an hour, two hours. Out of <laughs> um, I'll go. That's fine. Yeah. I, uh, uh, yeah, I think this is where you have to remember, um, behavior modification can look like heart change, mm-hmm. but it will not last. And that's where I think even, and I have learned this <laughs> through trial and error, the hard way, whatever you want to call it, me, Bethany, real Bethany, not that hypothetical version of me, that even if someone is a believer, if you're looking at it and saying, okay, where do we line up? How, how does this really affect your daily life? Um, talk is cheap. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in a, they're trying to deceive you kind of way. I just mean it in a, like someone can know and say all the right answers, but does their walk back it up? And the temptation is, oh my word, he said all the right things and it looks great and whatever. And you just rush into things, but you want to see consistency Mm -hmm. in their character and in those things and inherent to consistency. I say this all the time. Inherent to consistency is time. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you, you can't see a consistent behavior one time. You have to give it time to see that pattern develop. And so I think that's something that you have to look for. Even within, okay, I know this person's a Christian. Is there a consistent pattern of behavior of them walking out what they say they believe? Right. Yeah. If there's no consistency, it's exactly what you're saying. Talk's cheap. Yeah. All you're doing is talking and yep. saying, I can do this. And then they'll revert right back to where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, so missionary dating, we, we've got the concept down. Yes. Right? That it's the idea that you can date someone to change their heart. Right. Which is not true. No. Only so, God changes hearts. And that's the the point that I want to get to here of uh, let's let's consider some biblical principles. Okay. Uh, you know, we'll start with what he needs to be. But this is especially for the, the sisters that are listening. What this man needs to be, if you are a Christian woman, this is what you must look for. This is bottom tier. Yeah. He has to be these things. Because <laughs> we talk about constantly, from the guy's perspective, I want a Proverbs 31 woman. Mm-hmm. From the girl's perspective, do you know what you should want? A Proverbs 1 through 30 man. <laughs> yeah. A man that is marked by wisdom and not by the foolishness of this world. Mm-hmm. 
he doesn't have to be this broad-chested, hair on his chest, can rip a snake in half with his bare hands, because that's not that's happening good. with me, um, <laughs> type of man. But he needs somebody that, he needs to be somebody that is marked by the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. He needs to be somebody like Job, who feared God and turned away from evil. He needs to be somebody, though, that is also in touch with understanding his spirit and his emotions like David is. Now, you're not going to find the perfect encapsulation of every wonderful biblical right. character, but you need to be looking for somebody that's marked by wisdom, yeah. marked by a fear of the Lord, that's marked by a love for him and a desire to be obedient to him. Yeah. Which takes me to, if, if we talk about constantly in here dating for a purpose, that purpose is in the pursuit of marriage. You're trying to find someone that you can see yourself marrying and growing in the Lord together with. That's our line. That takes me to 2 Corinthians 6.14, a very well-known passage that's not really thought about, mm. which is, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? So the idea of being yoked, mm-hmm. it's a phrase and a term that we don't use anymore because none of us are really in, in the agricultural, agricultural society. Yeah. Uh, the concept of yoke would be to, when two ox are put together and then there is this neck attachment that holds the two together so that it's not one that's dragging the plow, but two working together to drag the plow together. Mm-hmm. So if you're unequally yoked, you've got one strong ox that is pulling the plow and one that has no business being there in the first place that doesn't care, that's not putting forth any effort. Yeah. What is the one ox that wants to pull the plow also doing? Pulling the other ox. Pulling the other animal. Mm-hmm. So now it's carrying the weight of the plow, the friction of the dirt, <laughs> and also the weight of this other deadbeat animal. <laughs> A little harsh language there yeah. for you. It makes no sense. Yeah. Because now there's only one doing all the work. Right. The idea of yoked is that you're walking in step with one another, pulling the weight together. Mm-hmm. So if we want to talk in Christian perspective here, Guys or girls, if you're looking for someone, you need to find someone that is also a believer. Someone that is walking in step with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because there's all sorts of different principles out there, which actually we'll flip over to Ephesians really quickly. Because there's a massive principle in there for what marriage should be. Um, I'm sorry, I'm flipping the Bible very loudly in your (laughs) ear. Uh, Ephesians 5, uh, verse 22. This is the instruction to the church for what wives and husbands Mm -hmm. are supposed to be. So, ladies, this is what you're looking for. Guys, this is what you're looking for. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Hold that phrase. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. For some reason, we always stop here, and it doesn't make sense to me. husbands (laughs) this is the very next verse husbands love your wives as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her if you're unequally yoked one of those two things is missing Mm -hmm. on a guy's perspective if you start dating an unbeliever trying to bring her alongside you and save her through (laughs) your dating if you get married and she has not come to the lord you are not going to have a wife that submits to you as to the lord yeah Submission is a bad term, and we're not getting really into the nitty-gritty of what that is, but it's basically an act of humility and respect Yeah, that you are going to follow them. If they don't submit and follow and respect and have a high reverence for Christ, they're not going not... to do the same thing with you. Yeah. Girl's perspective. 
Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. A sacrificial, zealous type of love. If he doesn't have, number one on his list, a sacrificial and zealous love for Christ Jesus as his Lord and Savior, he will not he for cannot. you. He cannot. For yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to find the one and you're looking at an unbeliever and saying, I think that that can be the one, yeah. Scripture is going to argue against you. Because at the end of the day, what's going to happen if they don't come to Christ mm-hmm. is that you're going to be the one ox that's pulling the plow and dragging the other one's weight as well. Mm-hmm. You are not going to have either a wife that loves you and submits to the Lord, and then you, or you're not going to have a husband that loves you and sacrifices yeah. his own preferences and needs for the Lord and for you. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. No, because both of those things are, I mean, they're very... They're different God-given roles, but they are they. What they have in common is they are very self-denying, self-abasing, and putting yourself aside for the good of obeying the Lord first, and then serving your spouse. And outside of Christ, that type of self-sacrifice is not something that we are capable of. It can be in small spurts, like like you were talking more of a behavior modification. Two people who don't know the Lord, they're married to each other. Do they love each other? Do they want what's best for the other person? Sure. But when it comes down to the the nitty gritty of the daily walking out of their marriage, they cannot do that. No. Because I think the key thing, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Mm -hmm. Can an unbelieving wife submit to her husband? Sure. Can an unbelieving husband love his wife? Sure. But that second clause is not possible. And that's the primary clause. Exactly. That's the most important part there. Exactly. It will not be a true agape sacrificial type of love. Yeah. Unless it is first placed upon Christ. Uh-huh. When you think about the great commandments there. So you have the two great mm-hmm. commandments. Love the Lord with every fiber of your being. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. The one fuels the second. Exactly. My love for the Lord fuels my love for my neighbor. Mm-hmm. So if I don't love the Lord, I will not truly love my neighbor. Yep. If you have a spouse or you have a boyfriend, girlfriend. It's one of your closest neighbors. <laughs> that's your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. And you must love the Lord first. And this is like any dating gets wonky when you start to change your priorities. Yeah. Because you might be a Christian, but you're loving your significant other more than your love in the Lord and serving right. them. So you're right. still screwing that all up. Yeah. Well, and I think this is a huge place where, you know, we've, we've talked all along in this podcast about, no, there's nothing specific to dating in scripture. There's not, mm-hmm. but these are the kinds of things we talk about where it's like, but scripture is full of principles that are going to inform dating biblically. And this is a huge one because is is that it's talking about marriage or is it like it's not talking about dating it's not saying thou shalt not date an unbeliever but if you're pursuing marriage you like it only logically flows okay then this is what i need to be looking for yes so um which so all of that aspect of this is this is the why uh in terms of what you're looking for so you must be looking for these criteria bottom line Guys or girls, they must be a believer according to Scripture. You cannot be yeah. unequally yoked. Yeah. You cannot have a significant other that will either submit as to the Lord or sacrificially serve as to the Lord. You cannot. Yeah. But here is, so that's that's the perspective of 
this is what I want, but I'm starting to give up my wants yeah. because I just want somebody. Yeah. The the other issue that's at play, and I mentioned this a second ago, is you think you have more power than you actually do. Mm-hmm. Because the, the rationalization is if I can just get him to church, I can change him. Yeah. That is a lie. Straight from the pit of hell. It is a bold-faced lie. Yeah. The reason why I say that is that if you look at 1 Corinthians 3, it is very, very transparent. Uh, Let's see here. I'm trying to find uh, verse 6. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6. Paul said, I, Paul, planted, Apollos watered. But God gave the growth. Mm-hmm. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. The point in all of that is to say, Paul, the single most influential missionary preacher, pastor that we have ever seen yeah. on the face of the planet is saying, <laughs> I can't do a thing to change people's hearts, period. Mm -hmm. So you, listener, let's get in your face for a second. (laughs) If Paul is saying, I couldn't change their hearts, why are you saying you can? Yeah. You think you have way more power than you do. Paul planted the seed. Apollos watered it. He Mm -hmm. cared for it. But there is only one that can bring about true heart change, and that's God. Mm -hmm. It is the inworking of the Holy Spirit in someone else's life. You cannot change them. Yeah. And we'll get into the principles of what you do next. Right. But you need to come face to face with that reality. You cannot change someone's heart. Yeah. You cannot bring someone from death into life. There is one that can do that, and it is God and God alone. Yeah. And last I checked, your name wasn't God. (laughs) No. And I think, speaking from a lot of experience being a girl, um, we have we we have this thought of well he's really close or maybe he just needs to hear it a different way or maybe if I just say it differently, then mm. it'll matter. And it's almost like you know you hear you say that and then you go oh I know I know I know, but I think he's really close to believing or but you know he's really he said he would come to church with me and he can get involved with my small group but this that or the other thing, and I think you have to, like you said, come face to face with that, come to grips with it. And believe it full stop. You're trying to play the part of God. You are. And I think there's also a place of saying, maybe he is really close to, maybe he is on the verge of being a believer. Maybe he, and that's wonderful. It's not your responsibility to be his girlfriend and get him there. Your Mm -hmm. responsibility is maybe you do point him in the direction of, Hey, you should talk to, talk to my small group leader. If it's an older man who's wise and, you know, talk to him, be discipled or, you know, be, be, you're not really a disciple if you're not a believer, but you know what I mean? Um, but do, do that and take a step back. It's not mm. while we're dating. It's not, oh, well, we're going to keep talking, but we're not dating, but you both like each other. That's not what that means. It's, I think there's a place where as a girl, you have to like really come to grips with or face to face with asking yourself, do I really trust the Lord? Mm-hmm. Um, because do you trust the Lord to do that work that he said he's going to in there in first Corinthians? Um, and saying, you know what, maybe this is the guy I'm going to end up with. I don't know, but now's not the time that needs to happen independent of me. And I'm not going to sit around waiting, but do you trust the Lord enough that whatever he has is best and his sovereignty will work out whatever he has. Mm -hmm. 
you may just have to completely let that not may you should let just let that go and leave it be leave it in the lord's hands and you but that's saying okay how much do you trust the lord and i think this comes to the last thought i had in terms of just the kind of the practical theology behind it before we get into some other details sisters and brothers i don't care who's listening yeah do, do you not know your worth mm. and i think that's a, a challenge that i would extend because you know, i just i really i just want to get married yeah and i, I i'll do whatever it takes to get married because i just want to be married i feel like the lord is leading me to marriage i want i want to have it yeah which so pause right bad. there we get that oh, <laughs> the two of us 100 percent understand that desire, we understand the temptations to compromise that come with that. Like, we get it. Okay, continue. <laughs> I understand that feeling completely. But do you not know who you belong to? Mm-hmm. Do you not know that you are a child of the living God? Mm-hmm. Do you not know that you have been purchased with a price? And do you not know that according to that truth, you deserve to be equally yoked? Yeah. You need to understand your worth and your value. Because when you are saying, okay, well, I can date this person that's not really there yet, but I think I can change him, you are devaluing yourself and saying, I don't deserve mm-hmm. a believer. And that is something that is just wrong. Yeah. It is wrong. You deserve so much more. Yeah. Not because of how great you are, but because of how great the God that you serve yeah. is. Yeah, and that's why I say not, you're not only devaluing, like... Your, yourself because of what the Lord has called you to, but also you're devaluing the righteousness and the holiness of God because mm-hmm. he has said, this is how it shall be. And you're saying, yeah, but I think I have figured out a better way. Well, and that's what the <laughs> unequally yoked passage is getting to. You are yeah. a temple of the living God. Yeah. Why would you join yourself with someone that's not? Yeah. Which, okay, I don't want to like transition us away in a little bit if you were still going but if you're are we kind of well, i literally let's... just said that was my last okay you did that's, true. that's that. true okay so when you talked about being equally yoked again and i was kind of throwing this around in my head when we were talking about it before i think there's an element of like you can be unequally yoked with an unbeliever which like you were saying is a weak animal that you're dragging along i would almost say if you are unequally yoked with an unbeliever that second ox is dead you're dragging total dead, dead weight. weight along, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Because they're they're not even remotely saved. And I think there's a second element of being unequally yoked when it comes to dating or missionary dating where, okay, technically this person is a believer. So technically we have met the requirement of we are not sinning by dating. Mm-hmm. Technically, like absolute minimum by, minimum by the skin of our teeth. But I would still say there's a definite unequal yoking going on there in that, okay, the ox isn't dead. It's alive, but it's super weak. And you're still dealing with some unequal yoking there. What do you think? Well, let me make an important uh, distinction point on this. Okay. Encouragement for proper hermeneutics. This is an implication and not the main meaning of the text. Yes. And I I want to make that clear for everyone listening. Fair. Um, because the main meaning of the text is that joining of uh, a dead person and a live person. Yes. Uh, but it is an implication that I think you can draw out of this Okay, text. yeah. Good hermeneutics are important. It is important, yes. I'm glad um, you said that. But it, So you do have the, the aspect of uh, the stronger believer, weaker believer. But I would even say, uh, what about uh, two different animals that are going two different directions? Yeah. 
<laughs> it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Right? So you yeah. might you might be kind of walking in the same type mm-hmm. of strength, quote unquote. Yeah. I forget sometimes that you can't see me. So uh, quote <laughs> <Air> unquote. <laughs> um, but you're going two completely different directions. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to go this way, and I want to be mm-hmm. a part of this church. And well, I'm trying to go this way, and I really want to move here and be a part of this church. Yep, it, it's not going to work out. No, that well. it's not. And we did we did an episode on being unequally yoked several seasons ago. I'll try to find it and put it in the the newsletter. Just kind of taking that and expanding a little mm-hmm. bit from okay, there are multiple ways that okay, yes, you're two believers, but are you going in very different directions? And kind of looking at some different things like that. Um, Okay, so then within that, this is something that I struggle with, and I would love to know your thoughts from the standpoint of, let's say, because you're bringing in like what you talked about before, the whole idea of submitting to your husband, godly leadership in the home, and these things of, I don't think it's being unequally yoked necessarily, but what if as the girl you have... You've been a believer for a really long time. You are more mature. You have more mm. knowledge. And then there's a guy who you, you're not doubting his salvation, but maybe he's a newer believer. Mm-hmm. Um, and while he, maybe he's not immature in the sense of he's been lazy and hasn't applied himself, but he's more he's less mature in the sense of he hasn't had time. The zeal is there. He's obviously following the Lord. He's obviously pursuing that. That's hard to reconcile sometimes. And I don't know where the line is of like, okay, this is okay, but this is not a good idea. What are your thoughts from a guy's perspective? Well, okay. I think that you've, you've kind of laid out the major distinctions that are most important in the situation. Cause you're, uh, you're not saying he's immature in the faith because he's not putting forth the effort. Right. I would say if you're in a situation where you've, you've got a, a Christian, uh, Christian guy mm-hmm. for this example, who is just immature because he's not really applying himself. That's, and I'll talk about this in just a moment. Yeah. That's where you just say, get to stepping. Yeah. Um, but if it's one of those moments, he's just, he's a younger believer. He has grown like a weed. Mm-hmm. He is continuing to grow like that. I think it's okay. Okay. Because this is where I get into uh, the concept of God created a helper suitable for him. Mm-hmm. God is not commanding a husband to be strong in everything. In terms of, I am the strongest, right? Both mentally, theologically, physically, all of these different attributes. I am the strongest in that. There, there are women that are probably listening to this that have a theological degree that can absolutely whoop the tail in Bible trivia of any guy out there. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Yeah. But it it comes to the question of who's still leading the home, mm-hmm. right? So if he is still taking initiative setting the tone, setting the direction, saying this is where we're going, but you probably know a little bit more about this. What are your thoughts on mm-hmm. this? And he is seriously considering the weight that is of the words that are coming from your mouth mm-hmm. because he knows that you're just stronger in your Bible knowledge and understanding of who God is. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But he still needs to be setting the tone, setting the direction and the example. And at the end of the day, person that is smarter in terms of their Bible knowledge are you willing to submit in that moment, even yeah. though you don't necessarily agree with it? Are you willing to submit and either be humbled and say, oh, actually, I was wrong on this. Right. Or when he circles back and says, honey, I was wrong on this. Will you forgive me? And not say, I told you so. Right. So I, I think there's a lot of different levels and nuances, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing as long as there is a serious zeal for the Lord and a desire to constantly grow. And he sees you as what you are, as a helper. Yeah. Someone that has been called to come alongside him, love him, care for him, and support him. Yeah. I Yeah, I completely agree. And that's something 
I've kind of in wrestling with that over time of like, okay, what is okay and what's not? Like two things I've come to to like, okay, this is what I'm really looking for in someone is does this person have a high view of scripture and its sufficiency and authority in life? Sounds like we need to have a conversation about non-negotiables here. Well, we can do that another day. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I if you look for that as mm-hmm. the underlying thing, then there's an element of saying, okay, he studies the word, has a zeal for the word, and understands the authority that should have in his life. Mm-hmm. If that's there, I don't have to... I don't want to say make it sound blase, but I don't have to worry about it because I trust the Lord that he will use his word and it will not return void and it will accomplish what he wants. And that this guy is continually submitting himself to that. We're good. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I'm thinking about um, my, my former pastor has a doctorate in theology has written all sorts of (laughs) wonderful resources uh, he has pastored faithfully for years, just a theological giant in my life. Yeah. His wife helps him with all of his books. Yeah. He just so longs for her input yeah. on what he writes, and she helps him think more clearly about yeah. some of these points. And it's such a beautiful relationship of even though I know he leads the home, and I know he leads the church, and I know he leads her. Yeah. She's coming alongside him as a perfect compliment to him yeah well and he's that's the other part is like he's humble enough to see the value of that because i i dated a guy pretty seriously uh several years ago where there was some of that but that humility and teachable piece was missing and Mm. i don't mean when i say teachable i don't mean here let me teach you what's what that's not what i mean but someone who is humble who will put themselves under the authority of scripture under the authority of uh, you know their church Mm -hmm. and also then sees the value in Hey, I don't know everything. This person can come alongside and help. If that, along with the seeing scripture as a high authority, are both there, then I think I, I those are the two pieces that I think have to be there. Because, like you said, that's such a beautiful thing to see that helper coming alongside and him seeing the value in that. So, yeah. So here, here I think we've hit a lot of really really good stuff this is one of those podcasts that we actually had one good flow of thought rather than a shotgun style (laughs) yeah um i want to wrap up with just an encouragement and a word to those that might be in this situation that Mm. are their flags are starting to go up and go i don't know what to do yeah um i know what i want to say what would you say to those that are starting to realize okay missionary dating is not the right approach what would you say to them um, I would say you are correct. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Um, I, I think what I would say to someone depends on <laughs> whether or not they're currently dating someone. In, like, are the red flags going up of, oh, wait, Bobby is this. Um, then I, I don't think, I mean, I think if you're, if we're confirming that you know this person's not a believer, I think you have to end it with them, period, full stop. Mm-hmm. If red flags are going up and you're like, wow, I'm not really sure if we're, I really think he's saved, but I, now I'm not sure if we're at a good place to be to be pursuing an equally yoked type of relationship. You know, I always go back to bring in your community. Mm-hmm. Who in your life knows you well and knows what you struggle with and knows where your weaknesses are and knows where your blind spots are and can say, yep, I, I can confirm all of those things you said and maybe you do end it. Or they're going to say, calm down. <laughs> 
don't make a bigger deal out of this. Sure, maybe maybe there are some red flags, but I don't think, I think in today's society, red flags, if they pile up, well, if they pile up enough, yes, end it. But like if there's a few red flags, suddenly we go, whoop, forget it, cut and run, be done. Whereas red f- flags a lot of times are just things that's, hey, we need to push into this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Let's do some investigation and figure out, is this red flag legitimate or is it something that is just popping up and maybe it's really just me being overly picky or it's me being misunderstanding scripture or whatever dig into those but bring in someone who who can help you not make a rash decision either way Mm. that's what i would say i think i would remind you of everything we just talked about so you need to remember who you are and know your value in christ um and not have a, such a low view of yourself that you're willing to uh, let go of the standards of Scripture. Yeah. Uh, it's also kind of flowing into that. You need to know the standards of Scripture mm-hmm. and what God expects from you and calls you to. Um, but at the end of the day, for those that are kind of questioning where they're at, with whether they're in a relationship or thinking about getting in a relationship that they shouldn't be, do you have the faith to walk away and say, Yeah. This is not what God has called me to, but I trust him to provide. Do you have the faith to walk away? I would encourage you, if you're in this situation right now where you're dating someone that's an unbeliever or you're looking at a relationship, you need to have the courage and the bold faith to take a step away and say, I'm sorry, but you don't, you don't yeah. love Christ. Yeah, You're not serving him, and I love him with everything I have in me. Mm-hmm. And that takes I want that priority. More. I want that more. Yeah. So I'm going to walk away and trust that the Lord's going to do yeah. whatever he wants to do with this. Yeah. And girls, I can literally hear you thinking, yeah, but there's no one else. Yeah, but this is my last shot. Yeah, but this is the only guy. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. But if he is, is Christ not enough? That's, that's where I'm going. If I, can, I know that's what you're thinking because that's what I would be thinking. And you have to put that to death and say but even if even if he is the last one even if there isn't another shot even if there is no one else christ is enough and i want that more i mean and that's a hard thing, thing same thing is true for married people though yeah because once you get married you realize this perfect yeah. person does not complete me mm-hmm. it's christ and christ alone so is christ enough do you have the boldness and the yeah. courage and the faith to step out and say lord this would not honor you and I love you more than I love this relationship. I'm going to follow you. It's a risk. It's going to hurt. But I know you're enough for me. Yep. That is a good place to land the plane. That is a great wrap place it up. to land the plane. That, yeah. So we will leave you with that, guys. We will be back on Friday with yeah, a couch cast, which we have not recorded yet. So I don't know what it's going to be about, but check back then. And then we'll be back next week with another full episode. But until then, I'm Bethany and I'm Dalton and this is looking to the middle. Mm-hmm.